Hey, welcome to the Word Weaver podcast, a place dedicated to the powerful web words weave and the deep layers they uncover. Here you'll find a compilation of tips, tricks, and words of wisdom from writers, authors, creatives, and entrepreneurs. Basically, cool people doing cool things in the world and how they've used words as weapons of mass creation and inspiration. You'll also hear from me, your host, Louise Johnson. I'm a former marketing maven in New York and Switzerland. I left a lucrative job to follow my dream of becoming a writer. It's a never-ending journey, so I figured we should all be in it together. I've learned a lot along the way, but it's a constant evolution. My favorite part is how little by little, letters turn into words, words become sentences, sentences become paragraphs, and before you know it, you've created something from nothing. And whenever that happens in life, it's nothing short of magic. So grab a coffee or a glass of wine, and let's dive into today's chapter. Hi, welcome back to the Word Weaver podcast. I can't believe we're already one week into summer. I've actually been pretty sick the last week or so since I came back from a bachelorette. I had the worst sore throat ever. So if my voice is a little scratchier than usual, that's why. Um, I'm really excited to be heading to my family cottage for Canada Day weekend this coming weekend in Norway Bay, Quebec. It's supposed to be 40 degrees Celsius, which is like over 80 degrees Fahrenheit if you're listening from the States. I'm looking forward to doing all of the things like swimming, paddleboarding, kayaking, sea doing, anything on the water, and then also just barbecuing and hanging on the beach. I can't wait. I can wait for the traffic. Oh, it's going to be so brutal. It'll be like a seven hour drive from Toronto to Norway Bay, but it's always worth it once you get there and see the sunset. We've also got an intense round of Settlers of Catan and some cocktails to be made, so I'm very much looking forward to that. But before I begin, I just want to say a huge thank you for everybody that's even listened so far and for bearing with me as I figure out what the hell I'm doing. I've never used GarageBand before. I had to figure out how to use the microphones, and it sounds simple, but even hooking up two microphones to my laptop has proven so difficult. I mean, one microphone was going into the left earbud, one was going into the other. I've watched a lot of YouTubes, I've read a lot of Reddit forums, and then I also got to pick my friend Joel's brain. He taught me what a compressor was. If you're in audio, that's probably a no-brainer, but for me, it's a brand new learning, so I really appreciate you sticking with me as I work out these kinks, and I promise I've already learned a ton, so the interviews are going to get better, the editing's going to get better. I also got some questions about the songs that I use in my podcast. I keep all of that information in the show notes every episode, but the intro song kind of underneath my talking voice is a song called Late July by Shaky Graves. I love Shaky Graves. He's amazing. You can look up all of his stuff. And then, of course, I had to have my all-time favorite these days. It's Bahamas his song way with words i actually just saw him at field trip an outdoor festival here in toronto he's incredible even better live so if you're looking for some new tunes definitely pick up earth tones i just bought the album for my record player jeff calls me a hipster i like to say i'm an old soul i just love old things i collect typewriters so yeah that's my little music tip for the day. And without further ado, I'll let Bahamas kick us off into today's topic, the great debate, self-publishing versus traditional publishing. I had a way with words for a while. 
All right, self-publishing versus traditional publishing. This is something I could talk about endlessly. I think it's one of the most debated topics amongst writers and authors trying to publish their work. Self-publishing is the fastest growing industry in this whole publishing realm, but I still want to talk about the pros and cons of each channel because there's some things that you should know if you're trying to publish a book and also things that I want to remind myself of. I go back and forth between what I think is a better avenue for me and to be honest, every day is different. So let's kick it off old school with traditional publishing. This is, as the name says, the veteran way of getting a book deal. You submit your manuscript to a literary agent, then they pitch it to a publishing house with the hope of getting a book deal. Me as a writer, I can't submit my manuscript directly to a publishing house. It has to, has to, has to go through a literary agent. It didn't always work like that. Sometimes you could submit your manuscript directly to a publisher, but nowadays it's just changed. The industry is narrowed so much that they won't even look at your unsolicited manuscript unless it's coming from a reputable literary agent. Now, the process of getting a literary agent is a whole beast in itself. It can take years to get one. There are a lot of them out there and you have to pick and choose. Some are a little shady and if anybody asks for money up front, then they are not a traditional agent. Agents only get paid once they sell your book to a publisher and they usually take the averages of 15% cut upon the sale. But most literary agents work for an agency, which means they have a whole team of editors that whip your book and your manuscript into shape before they even go out there and try to sell it to their contacts. A good literary agent usually has a huge network and a very close relationship with a lot of the big publishers. It's getting harder and harder for smaller, kind of unknown agents to get their work in front of the big guys, but there are a lot of independent publishing houses cropping up, so that's usually where you go down to like the mid-tier publishing houses if you have a more, let's say, unknown literary agent who hasn't published as many big titles. Firstly, you have to hook an agent, and this requires sending a book proposal. My book is nonfiction, so that's a huge 60-page book proposal. It's kind of like a marketing plan. I have another chapter of the Word Weaver podcast where I will break down specifically what is required in a nonfiction book proposal because it's a little too in-depth to go into right now. And then also what is usually required for a fiction proposal, which is usually just a query letter and some sample chapters. It's not as robust. Getting a literary agent's attention is quite challenging. They're the gatekeeper to the publishing house. So there's this book called The Writer's Market. It comes out every year. I have the 2015 edition and the 2018 edition. It's basically like a huge yellow pages that lists all of the literary agencies, their names, the genres that they typically publish, how much they take in a cut, where they're located, and what kind of pitches they're accepting, if they're accepting any of them. It has their email address and their mailing address. Just a few years ago, you would have to send stacks of your book proposal, pages upon pages by snail mail to each individual literary agency. Nowadays, everything is online. They just want emails. They usually don't even want 
your book proposal in a word attachment. All of it has to be in the body copy of the email, otherwise they won't even look at it. Also, I just want to clarify for those that might not be in this world or are just starting out that you never send your full manuscript to a literary agent unless they request it. You always send your book proposal with the query letter first. And usually the book proposal includes one to three sample chapters. Often you'll hear crickets, they won't respond to you at all. If you do, the turnaround timing can be months at minimum, and they will request your full manuscript at that point. Then you can get what is called an R&R, a revise and resubmit, which means they like it, they have made some edits, and they want you to incorporate those edits and send it back to them before they'll move on to the next step of consideration. That's usually an exciting, oh my god, they, they like it, they had changes, but a lot of that times that can also end in disappointment, and it tacks on another three to six to eight months of revising, resubmitting, and then they still aren't able to sell it. So it can be a very frustrating, tedious process, as you can imagine. In traditional publishing, these literary agents would most likely and ideally be going after the big five publishing houses, which are Penguin Random House. They merged in 2013. It used to be Penguin, and then there was also Random House, but now together they're the largest, most dominant player by far. And I think one of the reasons they merged, actually, I read, was they were trying to rival Amazon, which I will get to in the self-publishing section. But then the other four after Penguin Random House would be HarperCollins, Simon & Schuster, Hashit, or Hatchet, I don't know how to say that properly, and Macmillan. If you're a writer and you get a book deal with any of those, that is gold. They have huge teams to help support you, but getting in there is a dime a dozen, and it's even harder today than it was a year ago, than it was three years ago, than it was five years ago, because there's just so few of them that they're not taking on any liability. Of course, there are a lot of other publishing houses as well who aren't as well known. There's a lot of independent publishers kind of cropping up that are trying to get into this space because they see the void in the marketplace where a lot of great books are getting turned down just because an author isn't well known or they don't have the literary backing to get into one of these big five. So let's dive into the pros of traditional publishing. I feel like I'm already kind of starting to talk about them a little bit. But number one, I would say is validation. The reason people want to be traditionally published is they want that outside validation that their work is good enough. Most writers suffer from severe self-doubt and imposter syndrome, as I've talked before. So being validated by even a literary agent who likes your work, and then by a publisher that's two checkpoints of somebody outside of your friends and family, small circle, who says they like your work and that they think it's good enough to sell. It doesn't necessarily mean that your work will sell just because you get a publisher, but I think for a lot of writers, that's the number one pro of getting traditionally published is having that clout is enough of a success for them, whether or not they get a lot of book sales. The second pro would definitely be distribution. Traditional publishers are still king when it comes to a wide distribution and getting your book into traditional brick and mortar stores. They have a team of dedicated sales reps who have all of their relationships with the book buyers, so they know what to do to get your book in bulk into these retailers. Versus if you self-publish, you'd have to pay probably an arm and a leg to find a book buyer to do that for you, or you'd have to log boxes of books yourself to each retailer, which could take years to go across 
Canada or even North America to each individual store. And even then, they might not take it. And if they do, it would definitely be on consignment, meaning if you don't sell at the end of the month, you have to go back and repurchase all of your own books. They just do that because they don't have a relationship with you and they want to make sure that their liability is limited. So again, a wide distribution and the relationships with those distributors is the second huge pro of going with a traditional publisher. The third pro would be the fact that you get a collaborative team. As I've mentioned probably at nauseum before, but writing is an extremely solitary activity. You're in isolation. It's just you and your crazy weird thoughts. So there's something really nice about having a team of people to bounce ideas off of. You get an editor who will give you specific feedback, a graphic designer who'll do your cover for you, somebody to format the book, all of that nice text you see when it's printed, a marketer, and then your own dedicated sales team. So that's definitely a huge pro if you're kind of sick of doing it all by yourself and you want a team on your specific book. A fourth pro for traditional publishing is less upfront costs on your back. You don't pay your literary agent until they sell it, and then it's 15%. So hot tip, if anybody is portraying themselves as a literary agent and asking you for money, they're not. They're a scammer, so run fast. Then once your book is sold to a publisher, they will give you an advance. The average is about 10000 but it can go up to $200,000 against your book, which you can put back into marketing materials. This can get really tricky and where a good literary agent comes in handy because you kind of want to negotiate this deal. It sounds really exciting and you would think that it'd be nicer to get a $200,000 advance versus a $10,000 one. But this is super important. That advance is not free money. Publishing houses aren't charities, they are businesses. So they're giving you that advance and it's against the royalties of your book, which means in like simple terms, you have to earn that much money back before you make a profit on your book. So if your advance is $200,000, you have to sell that many books and you get if your royalty rate is small, you could sell you could be selling for like years before you even earn anything on it. So sometimes it's nicer to have a smaller advance because you don't owe as much to the publisher and you can start earning money on your royalties a little bit quicker. Royalties are also something that's negotiated by your agent in your contract. And the average is between seven to 25%, 25 25%'s on the high range. So I would say it's probably about 10% royalty rate on your net book sales, which is once all of the overhead marketing everything comes off of the book price so you're not making that much money per book sale when you're traditionally published unless of course you're jk rowling and you can sell millions upon millions of advanced copies and then for me one of the final pros is the literary acclaim that you can get by being a traditionally published author it's the only way that you can be on the new york times bestseller list which is so freaking cool Unfortunately, at this time, they don't allow self-published authors to be considered for the New York Times bestseller list, which I think is kind of shitty. I mean, what if the quality of your work is still incredible? You decided to self-publish it because you had a specific idea for the cover design and the way you wanted it to look and feel, but then that's kind of part of the traditional publishing industry is they're a little elitist and 
archaic. I think that will change eventually as more and more self-published bodies of work are recognized. One example that comes to mind is Rupi Carr. She is a New York Times bestseller now with a book that she actually self-published originally. She had sold millions of copies just through her Instagram while it was a self-published book, but it wasn't considered for the New York Times list until Andrew McNeil picked it up. And they only picked it up because they saw how much it sold on her own. She didn't need them to sell this book, but she needed them to be on the New York Times bestseller list. So again, it kind of goes back to what your goals are and what you consider success. Is it selling millions of copies of books or is it being included in that acclaimed list? All right, let's move along to the cons of traditional publishing because there definitely are cons, even though I just made it sound like the best thing ever. The first con is slow, slow, freaking slow, effing slow. It works at a turtle pace. I didn't realize this. I'd heard it was slow, but now that I'm in it, I just want to rip my hair out half the time. I don't know why traditional publishing is still so archaic if they're trying to hold on to the past which on one hand I respect. I respect that they're trying to hold on to the old values of how books were made and the core of the old world publishing industry. Print isn't dead, all of that. I'm so on board. But I do think we need to evolve and the marketplace and the landscape is changing so fast that there's just got to be a quicker way to do it. So as of right now, it can take years and I truly mean years to even get a literary agent. After that, it can take years, again, I said years, to get an agent to sell your book to a publisher. And then it's another six months at the very minimum, that's almost unheard of, to another year to two years before you actually see your book on shelf, even after you get a publishing deal and you sign a contract. If you're writing a book that's timely and you think is on trend with what's going on in the world right now today, you have to think again because that book actually won't be on shelf for another at least two, three, four, five, ten years. It pains me to say that because there are just so many good books that I think people have in them. And with that kind of timeline, it deters people, but it also pushes them towards self-publishing. So I am happy that there is that arena for fresh new voices to publish their books. The second con of traditional publishing is lack of creative control. As soon as you sign on that dotted line with a publishing house, you sign away all of your intellectual property rights. They can change the title on you, they can change the cover, they can change how it's marketed. You might think it's an edgy thriller and then you're marketed as a chick lit author, which is a real term that stands for chick literature, kind of like Bridget Jones's diary. But now that I'm saying it out loud, that is such an old school, I feel like it's a politically incorrect term, like chick literature. It just means that there's a female protagonist or female heroine in the book. I've never heard anything called dude lit before, so so on the fly, I'm going to call that a con of traditional publishing is the fact that they still have terms to stereotype genres like that. Another con goes back to the financial aspect of it. As I said, it's a less upfront cost, which is a pro, but the con is that you're going to get lower royalty rates than self-publishing overall, because after all of the discounts, returns, marketing costs, overhead, and your advance is paid back, 
your royalty rate is going to be pretty low, around 10%. I'll talk about it in a little bit, but for self-publishing, you're getting at least 70% royalty on every book sold. So financially, it can make more sense to self-publish per book. Then again, you have to factor in the distribution. If you're selling to more stores, you might have an opportunity to sell more books than you would self-publishing. It's a whole balancing act you have to think about. Okay, so that's what I see as the biggest pros and cons of traditional publishing. Obviously, there's a lot more. You can really get into the nitty-gritty of it on a case-by-case basis, but that's kind of generally the breakdown, I would say. Hopefully, you're still hanging in there. I can tell my voice is getting a little scratchier. The sickness is coming back a little bit, but I really want to talk about self-publishing. As I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, self-publishing is the fastest growing industry within the whole publishing realm. If you think of Penguin Random House as the largest traditional publisher, Amazon is by far the biggest self-publisher. The name self-publishing is pretty straightforward. You, the writer, do all of the publishing yourself. You wear all of the hats. If you've ever heard of the term independent author or indie author, that means that they've self-published their book. What used to be thought of as kind of a last resort is now often the first choice for many authors. And here's why. The first pro of self-publishing is total and complete creative control. You own all of the intellectual property of the book. You get complete say over the title, cover design, all editorial choices. You know your book baby the best. So since you are the one creating this world completely from scratch, you'll likely have the best idea of what the aesthetic and the look and feel that you want for your book. So self-publishing is a way for you to own that and have the final say. Whereas, as I mentioned before, with a traditional publisher, you relinquish all control as soon as you sign a contract with them. The second pro to traditional publishing is that it's fast AF. I don't remember the last time I said AF, but in this instance, it just felt right. And what I mean by that is the process is 10 million times quicker than traditional publishing. It takes the same amount of time for both avenues to write and edit the work, but once you're ready to publish, you could upload your manuscript in a Word document to Amazon's CreateSpace and hit publish, and it could be on sale within 4 to 72 hours. That's how fast self-publishing is. Again, before you hit publish, you should have written multiple drafts, edited it, had beta readers look it over, and feel like it's in the best place possible. But once that's done, there's no waiting. You can have immediate gratification of all of your hard work that might have taken you months or years to produce. You'll also get paid a lot faster. As soon as your book is up for sale, through Amazon, it's direct deposit into your account, and you usually get paid at the end of every month. Amazon works on a print-on-demand basis, which means as soon as somebody buys your book, they immediately format, print, and ship that directly to that person. So there's no liability. They're not printing multiple volumes that won't sell. They print exactly what is ordered, which is amazing for you and amazing for Amazon. I touched on it briefly earlier, but another huge pro of self-publishing is the fact that you get to retain way higher royalty rates. On average, the royalty rates you get through self-publishing is 70% of each book sale. Whereas just to remind you, for traditional publishing, the average is 10% at best. 
You're also not on the hook to pay back that advance that the publishing house gave you, so you can sell fewer books to break even. You'll get full control of what you want to price your book at, but Amazon is really good at giving you recommendations of what average books within your genre for paperback, for ebook, usually sell for. So I would go with what they recommend because they have so much data on what actually sells and at what price. I do have to say a little disclaimer. If this was an essay, I would do a little asterisk that self-publishing, even though you get higher royalty rates, is not a get-rich-quick scheme. Almost all of the self-published authors that I know haven't been able to make a full-time living off of their books, unless, of course, you're the exception to the rule, like Rupi Carr, who was able to sell over a million copies just through her Instagram account. Or if you have a huge following and you want to self-publish a cookbook, that might be a good avenue for you because you know you're going to have a huge chunk of sales outside of your friends and family. That kind of takes me into the cons of self-publishing. The biggest one is the double-edged sword of the fact that it's all on you as a pro, but it's also all on you as a con. Meaning, most writers aren't used to the business side of books. They know how to write, they're alone in their rooms all the time, but then as soon as that book is finished, it becomes a product. And trying to be the creative department, the financial department, the marketing, the sales, the PR, that's a lot of work and that's a lot of time away from what it is that you actually love to do, which is to write. If it scares you, that doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't try to self-publish and figure out those things as you go. I'm a firm believer of if you don't know something, you shouldn't let that deter you from trying it. You should try to take on that challenge and then if you're finding that you really just don't enjoy it then you can stop and hire other people or try to go the route of traditional publishing as soon as you realize that that avenue isn't for you because I don't think I've met one writer who look forward to the business side of it but some of them as soon as they started really found that they liked it they knew their book the best and they knew how to market it and sell it the best so they liked kind of having that balance of writing and then putting it out and pushing it out into the world. Marketing PR is something that you still will have to do even if you are traditionally published. That side of it doesn't go away, but at least in that avenue, you'll have a team of people to bounce things off of and guide you. Whereas self-publishing, you're going to be figuring it out like a little Bambi in the woods as you go, which is okay. As soon as you do it once, then you'll know how to do it for your second book and it'll get easier as time goes on. Another con to self-publishing is that sadly, a stigma still exists. There's a little bit of snobbery and elitist attitude surrounding the literary community when it comes to self-published books. Because there's no validation from a credible publisher, they don't have a gauge of whether the book is good or not. But to be honest, I think all of that is just a bunch of baloney because writing and books in general are so subjective. Whether a book has won the Giller Prize or it was self-published by an unknown person in the middle of South Dakota, if the reader gleans something from that book, if it relates to them, if they see themselves in the characters, in the story, it brings up old memories, then that is the sign of a good book. It could sound like the most eloquent, award-winning prose to one person, or it could sound like absolute crap to another. The good news is that the stigma is definitely fading, and it is fading fast. I wouldn't be surprised if 
in the next few years, self-published titles were included in the New York Times bestseller list, because honestly, a lot of them should be considered. I mean, think about this. Harry Potter was rejected over 50 times, 5-0, 50 times, and I read somewhere that J.K. Rowling was actually considering self-publishing Harry Potter before an agent and a publisher picked it up. Alrighty, my last two cons of self-publishing are the fact that you have to invest so much money upfront to self-publish your book. That means paying for professional editors, getting somebody to design your cover, doing all of the marketing and PR yourself, launch events. If you want a poster at your launch event, you're going to have to print and design that too. Things can add up really, really quickly. And you don't want to chintz out because it's your first published work. You want it to look professional. You want it to look just as good as if it was traditionally published. But you also don't want to break the bank because you're not sure beyond friends and family who's going to buy this thing. That means you're also going to probably want to invest some money in building your author platform, if that means paying for a website, anything that will expand your network of readers. The fourth and I guess final con that I would say of self-publishing is the fact that distribution in store is really challenging. Amazon is amazing with the online space. They will print on demand paperback books and do all of your ebook formatting. And I'm nearly certain that they don't do hardcover copies of your book on Amazon because they want to stick to one format. They're trying to keep their liability low with their print-on-demand service, which makes sense. There are other self-publishing platforms out there like Ingram Sparks where you can get hardcover copy books. So if that's something that you really want or fantasize about having, then you can definitely still find a way to do that. When you publish on Amazon, you can check some boxes of where else you want to distribute your book online, which means that you could sell your book through Barnes & Noble or chaptersindigo.ca, which is amazing that you can upload something and within 72 hours you could see it online at chapters. I just think that's really cool. They do have a vetting process, so they're not just family photo album to be put up for sale on there. But like I said, the hard part is getting your distribution in physical brick and mortar stores with a self-published book. It's not impossible, but it means you're gonna have to print copies of your book and lug them to each individual store. So if that means Chapters Indigo, you can't just go to the head office yourself and try to get your book across Canada or across North America in Barnes & Noble. You have to physically go to each location and ask if they will buy your book on consignment. They might only take 10 copies of your book on consignment, and if at the end of the month they don't sell any, you have to come back and take back that inventory, unfortunately. If you live in a smaller city, this is definitely feasible and something you could do. It could be a fun adventure going to each store, talking to the managers or the owners of each bookstore. If you live in a larger city or you want your book to be distributed across the country, then I have heard of self-published authors connecting with a private distributor who doesn't work for a publishing house, but they do have connections with the brick and mortar retailers. You will pay a lot for this service, but if that's something that's really important to you, there are workarounds to getting your self-published book in store without having to lug them to each location yourself. Overall, the great debate between traditional publishing and self-publishing rages on. Hopefully, if you listen to this and you're looking into both of these avenues, maybe you took some notes on the pros and cons of each, and that will help you decide what your goals are for your book and what success looks like for you. If success is being on the New York Times bestseller list, 
then keep at the traditional route because as of right now, that's the only way to get that kind of acclaim. But if you really just want to put your work out into the world and seeing it online at chapters.ca or on Amazon is enough of a success for you, then absolutely go for self-publishing. There really is no one right choice. It just depends on who you are as a person, what kind of writer you are, and what kind of author you want to be. It's also really exciting. There's a lot of independent publishers coming up, which is a hybrid between self-publishing and traditional publishing. They're not as big as the big five, potentially in brand name, but they're bridging the gap from those incredible works of fiction, nonfiction, personal essay, or poetry that aren't getting the eyeballs on it because it's been self-published, but they have the distribution network to get it in front of a lot more people. Being a hybrid author also means maybe you self-publish your first book and you get a traditional publisher for your second book. I used to hear tales of people self-publishing a book and then they were kind of blacklisted by publishing houses because it was seen as, oh, they couldn't get a publisher in the first place, so their work just isn't good enough, why would we take a chance on them now? But that absolutely is not the case anymore. If you choose to self-publish your book, it doesn't mean that it wasn't good enough to be traditionally published. It could mean you didn't even bother trying to get a literary agent because you saw all of the pros of self-publishing. Or the timing wasn't right for your manuscript when you first tried to pitch it. The publishing industry as a whole is shape-shifting so quickly that it's really hard to keep up. But the most important thing that I want you to remember is that if you have a book that you want to put out into the world, you can do it. There's a saying that I repeat to myself often, and it's that if something isn't working, retreat and attack from a different direction. There's always a way in. There's always a solution to almost every problem. And if you want to do something, if you want to publish a book, there are a plethora of ways that you can do that within the traditional and self-publishing industries. Maybe even a hybrid of both. Well, that's it for today's chapter. I know I threw a lot at you. I can talk about this, as I said, for hours. There's just so much information. I tried to condense it down as much as possible. If you have anything to add or you learned something or you have any questions, feel free to leave a comment on the Instagram page at Wordweaver Podcast or under the show notes section at louiseclairjohnson.com slash podcast. You can also leave a review and include your comment on iTunes. If you're an Android user, I'm happy to announce that the Word Weaver podcast is now on the Stitcher app, so you can check out all of the chapter episodes there. Until next time! I can't wait with words for a while